Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. We all have our whole lives ahead of us. And I don't know, I know that many of you will agree with me on this, that we want to move our bodies and feel really good for the rest of our lives. So although it may feel like this injury or this recovery period is really slow and really challenging, it's just a little blip in the overall timeline of our lives. And it is something that you can work through. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am here with Danielle again for another Q&A episode. I know I am really excited about. This is a topic that we have been asked about and we both have a lot of personal and professional experience with. So I'm super excited to talk about balanced exercise and fitness and movement and all of the things today. But before we jump into the questions, hey Danielle, how are you? How are you feeling? You are very pregnant. (laughs) Yes. Hi. Um, thanks for welcoming me. I'm excited to be here for my last official Q&A before my maternity leave. Um, it came rather quickly, but also it's been a long, a long nine months. Um, I'm feeling well overall. I'm really like thankful that everyone in my house is healthy right now and baby's healthy. And I am feeling pretty fatigued, <laughs> but um, taking one day at a time and just trying to enjoy the last uh, few weeks of pregnancy as much as I can. It's easier said than done, but yeah. Um, And I'm really excited to talk about balanced exercise routines tonight because um, it's something that I think I've been navigating and learning about for so many years. And we always have so much to learn too about this topic. in our own personal journeys. And I'm something I'm really passionate about. So I'm excited to chat. And um, I was thinking that maybe we could start with sharing our stories on how we came to the place of our exercise routine right now and what it used to look like. So um, comparing and contrasting what we used to do back in then whenever then was and what we're doing now for an exercise routine. Um, Chris, do you want to kind of give us a brief um, look at what your exercise routine looks like now and then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, very much like you, I have, I'm really passionate about this too, because I have a long and winding journey when it comes to exercise. So I'll keep it as brief as possible. Mm -hmm. A lot of the listeners have listened to kind of my overall journey of kind of finding balance with health and wellness. And I also did an episode way back, probably like two, maybe even 
two years, probably two years ago, kind of about my, my whole fitness journey. So maybe I'll link that in the show notes. Um, but I definitely didn't grow up like a super athletic kid. I wasn't someone who was definitely active, definitely an active kid, but not like super athletic. I didn't do, um, any team sport. That's not true. I did do team sports in high school. I just didn't really play. I played lacrosse for two years, but like play (laughs) in quotations. Didn't do a lot of playing. Mostly did it because my friends were on the team. I did do martial arts for a number of years. Um, so for about a decade, I got my black belt. Um, and that That's was a really cool. interesting journey because I was, it was, it was a really fantastic journey. I got to do black belt training with my dad. I learned a lot. I love, I love martial arts. Um, but it was also in some ways, the beginning of my eating disorder um, and my struggle with food and fitness as well, because there was a lot of pressure um, that I put on myself and that other people put on me kind of towards the end of my training. And so that was kind of where I started getting into the fitness world was kind of towards the end of my black belt training, because we had some requirements Mm -hmm. we had to do beyond just being at the dojo a couple of times a week. We had to do a whole physical fitness test. So that's actually how I got into running, um, which was something that I've been on kind of a long and winding journey with in and of itself as well. I fell in love with running, but then running was something that I kind of had to, um, I did a lot kind of in, in college. So during when I was kind of very obsessive over food and fitness, I did a lot of running because it was just one of those, it was one of those easy things that I could do to like, quote unquote, burn calories. Um, And yes, obviously Mm -hmm. you do actually burn calories when you work out. I'm not saying that that's, that's not true when I'm saying quote unquote, but it was, that was the thing I thought I needed to do to be healthy. But it was also something that helped my mental health too. It's always been something that's been something that I could clear my brain and really um, just like let the day go. So I had this really complicated relationship with running. And so I took some time off of running uh, while I was healing from my eating disorder and then eventually was able to pick it up later on. And now that's actually a really big part of my kind of fitness routine and journey. Um, Right now I'm not running Mm -hmm. because I am a fair weather runner. And I firmly believe that any sort of activity that you should do that, or that you do, you should love in some way. And so I love to run, but I don't love to run in the winter in New England. So uh, the only running I've done yet so far in 2022 was when we went on a vacation down South and I got to go on a couple nice runs there. Um, so running is definitely a big part of my routine when it's warm. Um, I've run like, Oh gosh, I don't even know. I can't even count how many half marathons I've run two marathons. I love it. Um, But I've also had a complicated relationship with kind of other forms of exercise too. I was in the fitness world for a while. I was a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor. I used to teach um, mom fitness classes, which was really fun. It was a really fun journey. I liked teaching group fitness. Um, The actual... Uh, company that was here locally to, that um, I taught the classes with ended up uh, closing down. So I stopped teaching those classes and eventually let go of my personal training certification. Um, but I, I, I kind of fell in love with different forms of exercise doing that too, not just running, but also strength training. That's where I found bar as well. We have a local bar studio here. I've done some bar classes, yoga. So I've kind of had this journey of trying out a lot of different things and being obsessive about it and being and learning to find balance through that. Um, And so ultimately, I think I already kind of shared what my philosophy is. My philosophy is just kind of that movement is great and moving in a way that feels good and that helps me to feel strong and to, and obviously to help to improve my health, but I want to move in a way that is joyful and that makes me want to go and do whatever movement I'm doing. I like to call it movement rather than exercise or fitness because yes, it is a good, like an important part of our health journey. But I think more, more often than not, I'm working out because it, because it feels good mentally, even more so than physically. And it just, there's also that physical benefit to it now. So in terms of my actual routine, it changes literally every day, every week. It's mostly, I just try to get a balance of doing some cardio exercises. So things that raise my heart rate. I like doing some strength training because I know it's important, especially as I'm getting older. And I try to do some sort of flexibility. I did yoga yesterday. Are you proud of me? I'm terrible at, (laughs) terrible at flexibility and um, any of, and I I do love yoga. I love yoga, but I'm kind of terrible overall at uh, doing any sort of stretching. So, so we may or may not have lost internet connection there. Not sure about that, but all I was kind of wrapping up and saying is I'm, I just try to find kind of a balance of different types of exercises throughout the week. I work out when it feels good. Something I've been exploring over the last year is cycle syncing and kind of trying to sync my movement with my cycle, which being someone who just, I love being 
being active, it's hard for me to slow down. Sometimes it's still hard for me to listen to my body when my body's kind of tired. I still like want to do the workout, but I'm trying to do the more gentle movements like when I'm on my period or during times in my cycle when or, where I'm lower energy. Um, I'm not as you know, not as good as doing things like flexibility and stretching as I am cardio and weight, um, you know, weight strengths, that strength training, that sort of thing. But I just try and find when I say balance, I mean, it's really just about kind of listening to my body and asking myself both physically and mentally, what do I want today? And just making movement kind of a part of my life. So that was that was supposed mm. to be a short version. <laughs> that is the short version well, of my journey. I want to hear yours. I loved it. And I can relate so much. And I think our philosophies are really very similar and aligned, especially like the move, calling it movement versus exercise or workouts. Like that was a big piece of my journey too. But, um, I talked about in the first podcast episode we did together ever, I talked a little bit more in depth about like my relationship with, with movement. But for those of you who haven't listened or maybe this is the first time listening. Um, I have a background in dance. So I started dancing when I was three and that was like my main form of movement for the majority of my high school and college career. I did dabble in other types of movement, um, like soccer for fun, but it was pretty much all dance and I loved it. Um, I'm also a certified bar and yoga instructor. So I, and I'm, I'm also a nurse. So I have a lot of knowledge about like the body and different forms of exercise from my, my various trainings. Um, however, that doesn't mean that I haven't had my own challenges and struggles in creating a balanced exercise routine. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is just give, um, an overview of when I say then I'm thinking in my head of the time in my life where I felt the most unbalanced in exercise. Mm. And I'll describe that. And then I'll describe what it feels like to me now and what I'm, and, or when I'm balanced. <laughs> um, so when I felt unbalanced in my exercise routine, it was um, during a really stressful period of my life. Um, and what I was focused on was closing the rings on my Fitbit, mm. <laughs> like numbers and um, counting things. Um, I would go to the gym twice a day if I didn't get my workout finished. Um, and it was very much an all or nothing mindset. Um, if I, on my days off, like I would do a workout class and then also go on a run if I had extra time or at the time I was working as a full-time nurse. So I would, this would maybe even look like waking up around 4am going to the gym and then working a 13 hour shift and being gone oh for gosh. like 15 hours of the day. Um, and just being so exhausted, but like needing to get that workout in and obsessing really over what other people were doing. So maybe on Instagram, like what other people programs, people were following or talking to coworkers or friends about like what they did for workouts and constantly thinking I had never done enough. And I was, and, or I was working on the wrong thing. Somehow I could never get it right. So it was really all, um, an all or nothing mindset. It took up a lot of mental energy for me in this time. And it was the opposite of joyful. It was, it was, um, I would say I liked working out, but it was stressful planning it and thinking mm -hmm. about it all the time. So that's what I feel like how I would describe my, then my unbalanced exercise routine, um, and right now I feel like I'm, since I am nine months pregnant, I am struggling a little bit to find a balanced <laughs> exercise routine, but in a different way. Um, it's just a different season and every season requires a different, um, balance. So right now, what that looks like for me is a lot of walks <laughs> mm -hmm. and playing with my, my 18 month old. Um, but when I'm not nine months pregnant and I'm feeling really balanced in my exercise routine. Um, I focus on workouts and movement that I really enjoy. Like you said, that make my body feel really good. That make my mind feel really good. Um, so thinking about things that make me feel my very best and focusing less on my, the numbers, not worrying about like fitness trackers, calories, et cetera, but more on how I feel physically and mentally. And I think there has been a lot of um, learning 
uh, lessons learned from the then into the now, but a few things that needed to happen for me um, to get from that place to where I am now is um, one, I did get injured because I was over exercising and overworking myself and I injured my back. And while I was recovering, um, it really gave me an opportunity to reconsider what I was doing and give me, gave me a deeper appreciation for like my body and all that it did for me that I had been taking for granted. So I did get injured and had some recovery to work through, which was very mental as well as physical. Um, I also took a brief hiatus from like working out and following programs. And um, it was around the time of my wedding and my honeymoon where I just kind of was like in vacation mode. I was so overjoyed and excited to be getting married and ex- and have a honeymoon together um, that that just kind of naturally fell to the back burner. And my body ended up feeling really great at that time. And that was just further proof to me that I can listen to my body and trust it. Um, and along the way, I also was able to try out various types of workouts. So I was able to try bar and yoga and booty yoga and running and, um, strength training and all of these different spin classes. So I was able to kind of give myself permission to deviate from a very structured, rigid plan and, um, try out things just for fun. And that really opened my eyes to what joyful movement could look like. So that's Mm. kind of where I'm at right now. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I realized I don't even think I shared too much about that imbalanced part of my routine either. And I'm going to hundred percent relate to the all or nothing and the feeling like you have to live up to these expectations. There is so much that society tells us and so much conflicting information. You should do this. You should do that. And I think I want to kind of preface what we're going to share with, you know, both of us have experience in this field, but ultimately I think balance really is about listening to your body and exploring what feels good for you. And I think in both of our stories, Mm -hmm. it's like following the expectations of other people, of the world. It's following a super crazy, strict, structured routine. And finding balance is about kind of moving away from that and really listening and exploring and being like, wait, what actually feels good for me? And Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can relate. I think so many women are going to be able to relate to to your story as well. And uh, yeah. I think it's it's a journey. So if you are listening right now and you're like, I'm still struggling with feeling like I need to, my exercise routine needs to look like this. I need to follow this plan. I need to um, tr- sign up for a new program. I've been, I've been on so many different journeys and so many different programs and so many different, you know, I guess um, plans and things like that. And, and, ultimately none of them ever made me feel better than listening to myself. So if you're doubting that Mm -hmm. right now, it is a journey. It does take some time, but we've been there and we definitely understand. Yeah. And that's why this topic is so requested and also really challenging to hear, to like hear that answer sometimes because it is so individualized and it is so, um, it ebbs and flows with the, the seasons of your life. And that is hard because it's a lot easier to um, look at a schedule and say, okay, this is what I need to do versus like checking in with your body, being really self-aware and like Mm -hmm. um, focusing on how you're feeling. So it's a, it's a hard answer, but also it's um, an answer that I wholeheartedly believe in as well. (laughs) So let's start with the first question. Do you want to, I'll read it to you and then Um, So the first question that we got from our listeners was, what does a balanced exercise routine look like in how many days a week and exercises? So Chris, what are your initial thoughts about that? I think this is such a common question because I mean, it's a very easily Googleable (laughs) question, Mm -hmm. but you will get a million different answers to this question. Right. Um, and I think that like the first thing that I'm going to say is basically exactly what we're just talking about. And it's that, Mm -hmm. you know, the number of times a week, like there, I can give you the 
you know, ACSM personal trading certification answer. But ultimately, the number of times a week, the amount of time, the exercises that you do, it really depends on you as a person. And it also depends on your goals. I think sometimes in the kind of health and wellness freedom world, sometimes we, or I say we, but I think sometimes to me, it is kind of, um, for a while there, I almost felt guilty about having goals when it came to when it came to mm-hmm. certain, I guess, I don't even want to say exercise, but like certain fitness endeavors. Like I felt like it was a bad thing if I wanted to train for a half marathon yes. or train for a marathon or something like that. And I think as long as you are, you have goals from a place of you know, wanting to improve yourself in a positive way. So maybe it is reach that, you know, reach the goal of doing your first 5K or walking a mile or doing a handstand, which I can't even do, but whatever it might be, as long as it's a positive goal and you're, and you're really taking a step back and asking yourself, where is this goal coming from? Is it, you know, is it from a good place? Is it from a place of wanting to improve myself? Or is it from a place of just wanting to, you know, live up to the world standards, whatever it is? I just want to say that goals are okay. (laughs) Um, But I think that's that's really what's going to make the difference. Like, what are you exercising for? What are you moving for? Is it overall health and wellness? Is it for your mental health, right? Is it for training for a specific goal, like that couch to 5K, something like that? And I think ultimately going back to it's, what feels good to you, right? And it's what works for you and what works for your schedule. I always think that some movement is better than no movement, right? Um, But because, you know, I I think just being active on a daily basis is really important. Um, But recovery is also really important. I know that you mentioned that you ended up with an injury from over-exercising. I ended up with a chronic fatigue from over-exercising. I didn't even mention my journey being in fitness competitions, but that was a part of my journey too. Um, In the midst of of being a personal trainer um, and being in the fitness world, I decided I wanted to do uh, fitness competitions. And I ended up like completely ruining my adrenal system, like ending up with like crazy, crazy um, effects from the stress of overexercising. And so even if you do have that goal, I think ultimately it's it's less about the number of times a week, the amount of time you work out, the actual exercises. It's more about, okay, how many times a week feels good for me? How can I get in more movement on a daily basis? If that's just a walk around the block, bringing the dog out for a walk in the morning, if it feels good to do some stretching when you wake up, how can you maybe incorporate more movement in? And then what feels good in terms of structured exercise? And that might take some, it might take some tweaking. It might take some, I know for me, it did. It took a lot of kind of how many days a week does it feel good to do something I love to do is use the Peloton bike. So how many days a week does it actually feel good to use the Peloton bike? Um, Cause I would get on that thing every single day, but I get sore from it and I need recovery and I know that. Um, and so I think really, really tuning in how many days a week feels good for you. How can maybe instead of obsessing over how many days a week, how can you just get more movement in on a regular basis? And don't forget to, and we'll talk about recovery. And I know there's a question about recovering from injury, um, but don't forget that recovery is part of your movement routine too. And like a really essential part of your movement routine, because none of us want to end up injured. Um, And it happens more than you'd think. At the beginning of 2020, I ended up with an overuse injury as well um, in like a really weird place in like my pelvis. And it made like even walking difficult. And it was sort of a funny moment for me too, because it was kind of that point in my life where I'm like, oh, now I feel 30 because I just like did a movement and like twisted something. (laughs) But ultimately I knew it was because I was probably pushing myself too far too fast. It was at the beginning of me getting back into running in the springtime after not running for a long time. And I pushed myself a little too hard. Um, So yeah. So I think that's kind of my overall answer. It is super individualized, but it's tuning in to how many days a week feels good for you. Make sure you get in that recovery time because it is part of your routine. Um, but my personal trainer answer is 
it is important to make sure that you're not just doing one type of exercise. It's good for our bodies to get in some cardio. So some things that raise our heart rate, some strength, whether that is weights or it is body weight strength, whatever that is, we do need that resistance for overall health and our, you know, our bone density and all of that as we get older. Um, and flexibility is good too, even if I'm not so good at it. So, okay. That's my answer. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, I agree with you. And that was the first thing I had thought of too, when answering this question, what does a balanced exercise routine look like? It looks like highly, it's highly individualized (laughs) and, um, it depends on a number of factors, including your genetics, your Mm -hmm. lifestyle, your nutrition, your stress levels, sleep, like sleep is a huge component about what your exercise routine would look like, um, in the season of life. Um, and then I also, want to piggyback on the recovery topic because it's super, and we have a, do have a question about this, but, um, in my personal practice right now, I like to make sure I'm getting at least two, one to two recovery days a week. Mm. And, um, although I call them recovery days, it's still something that, um, I allow myself to move for fun. So like an easy, relaxing, enjoyable type of movement. And what I like to tell myself around about an exercise routine is that everything counts towards it. So it's an exercise routine doesn't just have to look like um, your runs that are scheduled for the week or what group fitness classes you're partaking in, but what other types of movement are happening in your day. So are you going for a walk with your kiddos in the stroller, or are you gardening? Like that's a workout too. And not right now in the middle of winter, but, um, shoveling your driveway. So thinking about, um, other components of your exercise routine that you may be not giving yourself credit for. (laughs) Um, and then another, the last thing I wanted to talk about for what does the balanced exercise routine look like? And if you want to try to answer that for yourself and find the answer um, for the, your season of life right now, have it be a fun experiment and kind of like just get curious and get really compassionate with yourself. Try out different things, try out different classes, try out different intensities, try out different times of day even, and just keep, maybe even take a journal out here. Here I am talking about journaling again, but, um, take a journal out and say like, this is how I felt before, during, and after this extra type of exercise, or I enjoyed working out in the morning because, or I didn't enjoy working out in the morning and kind of like, just get to know yourself and what your body is, is enjoying and what your body isn't enjoying right now. I think that can be really powerful and even more powerful than looking for an external answer. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I, I, we can talk about journaling every single Q and A because it's so powerful, right? It's, it's such a great way to connect with ourselves and remember things that we might not otherwise. Right. Um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with all of that. So I, I think all of these questions are just, they so perfectly kind of like lead into one another. Um, and the next question is one that I, I feel so deeply. Um, and it's mm-hmm. actually, there's two different questions and I'm going to, we're going to put them together because they go together. Um, but it's how to balance feeling like you're not doing enough. And the other question is how to know what's enough, not enough or too much. So what do you think about that, Danielle? Oof. Yeah. So I think that this is a great question and something that we can we should keep in mind often when we're, we're thinking about our exercise routines. But before I answer the question for me, what I needed to hear when I was in the then time of be over-exercising and being really focused on exercise. And this question came up was um, I just wanted to remind listeners of some basic principles around working out and exercise and movement. And I think it's important just to like remember these. So the first is that exercise is a type of stress on our body and there's all different types of stress. Um, and it's okay that it's stress, but recovery and rest days are just as important to prioritize. So when we're having this conversation about not doing enough or what's 
what's enough <laughs> or what's too much. We also need to think about our recovery and rest days, because if you don't rest and recover your, your performance can, um, go like if you're training for a marathon or trying at working towards a goal, you can really, um, backtrack on your progress. It can cause the injuries that we both have experienced or chronic fatigue or an overuse. Um, and there also is, again, we're going to say this throughout the episode, no one size fits all for exercise routine and what is enough and what isn't enough. So we can't tell you a specific number or anything, but we can help you with what I think this comes down to is mindset and how you view exercise and um, internally. And part of that may be changing the word from exercise to movement and giving yourself permission that everything counts. So here are a few things, a few mindset shifts that have helped me from my then to now phase. Um, And one of them I just said was that everything counts. So walking up and down the stairs, walking around the block, swimming, hiking, shoveling snow, taking group classes, taking spin classes, teaching classes. I know that was a big one for me. Like I never was giving myself credit for the classes I was actually teaching, which were full workouts and, um, thinking about the fact that everything counts and using that as maybe a mantra can be really helpful in feeling if you are feeling like you're not doing enough. Um, and then another question you can ask yourself around mindset when, you're trying to figure out what's enough, what's not, what's too much is if the word should is coming up for you at all. Um, that typically means you're maybe comparing to another person or program and thinking that you should be doing something more. Um, so if that word should is coming up in your mind or thoughts, just be aware of it and and get curious about what that would mean. Um, A couple other questions, I think I did mention this briefly before, was just checking in with yourself before, during, and after a workout or exercise and saying, like, I felt great, I felt depleted, et cetera, and and getting familiar with what intensity and what duration feels good for you. And then another big thing for me was my energy levels, not only like right after my, my workouts, but later in the day or week. Um, because if I was so, so tired physically by the end of the day, I knew that that had meant, or I couldn't like complete my job, which was a physically demanding job as a uh, inpatient nurse on the floor. Um, if I felt really tired or needing, needing extra caffeine, then I knew that maybe those were signs I had overdone it. So just paying attention to those, um, and how your energy levels are throughout the day and week after, um, your exercise routines. But, um, so I'm basically saying a lot of mindset stuff and reminding yourself that you have done enough and, um, everything counts. What is your answer for how to feel like you're doing not enough too much or how to know if you're, you're doing enough for balanced exercise? Oh my gosh. I don't know if I even have anything good to follow that up with. That was so good. (laughs) I think the mindset shifts are so, so important. It was, it took me a long time to get to the place of like reminding myself that everything counts too. Just like you, when I was teaching group fitness classes, I would have to get my workout in, even if I was doing, even if I was teaching a full class, which is a full workout, dance parties in the kitchen are sometimes the only movement I get during the day. And you know what? That counts as movement. And it's also really fun and my kids love it. And so, you know, and it can yes, turn it the day counts. around if you're having yes. a tough day with kiddos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it can all for dance parties in the kitchen. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm a hundred percent with you moving away from those shoulds and see that is that, that one word that I should be doing this. That is what makes us feel like we're not doing enough, right? It's that feeling of, well, somebody else is doing it this way, or I've heard that I should be doing it this way, or this is how many days I should be working out, or this is how many minutes I should be working out. And I think that is the one word, if that comes up, um, just, just like you said, really getting curious about that. And if that's what's coming up, 
But then maybe it's not about, it's likely not about you not doing enough. It's about the idea that we should be doing more, right? We are all in different seasons. Like, I am in a very different season right now than Danielle is in nine months pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, right now I'm exercising for fun several times a week. I just finished a marathon in October. We are in different seasons. So we're going to be in different seasons of movement as well in different seasons. When I had really little ones, my movement routine looked a lot different than it does now as well. I was not running a marathon with a newborn or pregnant or in seasons where that just wasn't right for me, right? So I think not enough is, is you know, is almost... I almost just want you to let go of the not enough at all (laughs) and not Mm -hmm. even worry about not doing enough and worry about what feels good for you in this season. Um, And I think the most important thing when it comes to movement too is just that we're consistent with getting movement on a regular basis, like I mentioned before. And it, it doesn't, like you said, everything counts. It doesn't have to be a consistent exercise routine necessarily, depending on the season that you're in, right? Um, But getting into that all or nothing place where we are feeling like we should do all these things, like we're not doing enough, this feeling that I know that both of us have had many, many times, and then going so hard that we end up injuring ourselves or just getting burnt out and exhausted and then not doing it for months. I think Mm -hmm. that is, you know, that's where we move away from this, you know, positive place of movement for health and wellness and into that place of that kind of all or nothing. If what we're looking for is consistency, I think letting go of that I'm not doing enough and asking what feels good for me in this season, I think is ultimately what's important. Um, and we're all we're all in different seasons. So let go of comparing yourself to yourself of maybe a couple years ago or a couple months of, ago um, and just focus on, on what you can do now and what feels good now. And I think in terms of doing too much, I think that is the area where I have struggled with the most. Um, And I think it sounds like that's where that's where you've struggled with the most as well. And I think just those signs that you that you mentioned, I think are, are huge. Like I said, I'm really just echoing what you said. I think feeling extremely tired later on in the day or the next day, I think if you're getting to the place of feeling like you need to do exercises or exercises, like you need to exercise when you are sick, when you are super Mm, tired, when you're extra sore. I think ultimately balance when it comes to an exercise routine specifically has a lot to do with being able to be okay with not sticking to that routine if that's what's Mm -hmm. right for your body today or this week. It's okay to go a week or two without working out. It's okay to go, you know, it's okay to go months without working out if you are recovering from an injury or it's just not right for your body right now. It's okay. And it's also okay, like I said before, if you are in a place where maybe you are feeling really good physically and you want to challenge yourself for that 5K or that half marathon or whatever it is. Um, But I think it, it really is about moving away from those shoulds and looking at consistency and your actual season. Like what does your season look like now? What works for your actual schedule? What works for your physical and mental health? What is not going to drain you, but add to your life? Because ultimately that's what exercise is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to add to your life. But like you said, it is a stress on our body. So we don't want to be putting extra unneeded stress on top of the the stress, right? It's It should be good stress for our bodies where we break our muscles down to build them back up. But if it gets to the point where it's taking away from our life. And that's another good point I didn't mention. I didn't mention this in the notes. And I it just kind of came into my head. I'm like, I think that's the mm-hmm. ultimate way of telling if you're doing too much. Yeah. If it's taking away from your actual life. I remember there was a time when I was training for my fitness competition when I was doing two-day workouts. 
And I would wake up before my daughter even woke up in the morning. She was about two at the time and go and do my workout. So I wouldn't even really see her to wake up. I would come home, see her for a little bit in the morning, get her breakfast, bring her off to preschool. And then I'd see her in the afternoon. We do like a family dinner. And oftentimes I, my husband would do bedtime with her and I would be back at the gym. I was missing so much. And she was at preschool most of the day, not every day during the week, but I would miss so much of that time with her because I felt like I had Mm -hmm. to get in these workouts. And I look back going, you know what? (laughs) And I would have felt so much better. Mm-hmm. And I would have been able to be more present with her if I had worked on my mindset. But I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to beat myself of the past up, right? You live and you learn. We know better, do better, right? Yeah. Um, but I think if it's taking away from your life, it's probably, it's probably verging on too much. So um, that's that's I'm kind so of that's kind of what I think that. about that. I love your answers, and I'm so glad you you brought up the idea of. Um, like if rest days or worrying about not doing enough, um, if, if us talking about that even made have, you have a reaction in your body or, or like a disagreement in your mind to those thoughts, it may be just a signal to you that you may need to look at that in within yourself. Because I remember when someone would tell me when I was feeling unbalanced in my exercise routine. When If someone told me it's okay to take a week off, it's okay to miss a workout, that would cause a lot of anxiety and stress. Um, so just know that if, if it does right now, that's okay. Take a look at that. Give yourself some grace and um, experiment and work through like your beliefs around that. Mm. Um, and speaking of rest and recovery, <laughs> we did get a question about what a balanced exercise routine would look like during an injury and recovery period. And we've both have, have had injuries that we've um, talked about so far. So what advice would you give to our listeners about how a, how to balance their exercise routine if they are hurt, injured, or recovering? Mm, Okay. This one is so good. And honestly, uh, I was, I was, (laughs) I was joking with my husband earlier that he he's not allowed to be a part of this podcast episode because my husband <laughs> actually has um, my minor was kinesiology in school, but his major was kinesiology. So he has a degree in exercise science. And I'm very thankful for him and his degree in exercise science, even though he he was originally going to go into um, physical therapy and then he decided to take a different path, which is what he's doing now. Um, he's still in the mm-hmm. world of athletics. He's a professional athlete, but he is the person he... <laughs> who reminds me every time I have any sort of injury or, and even, even something small, like, you know, I kind of, kind of twisted something or tweaked something when I was on a run or I, you know, maybe I'm a little bit extra sore. He's really good at reminding me and I can't argue with him because he like literally has a degree in this. (laughs) Reminding me. That's great. (laughs) It is so great. I know not everyone has this, so I will bring a little bit of Nick, a little bit of um, Chris's husband, Nick, and for all of you guys, um, that it is, it's just as important to take that, that time off, right, as it is to get back into it. And you are going to be better off if you take that time off and give yourself that time to recover, because you are more likely to re-injure yourself and to be be out of it longer if you don't give yourself that time because I am the person who wants to jump back into things as soon as possible, right? Um, so first and foremost, I think my first piece of advice, always, 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 I should have started with this, is to follow your doctor's guidelines. I know you probably mm-hmm. know this because we're all smart ladies listening to this podcast, but just like actually listen. Actually listen mm-hmm. to your doctor's guidelines. Go slowly. And do what you can outside of whatever injury you're doing if it feels good, right? So if you have, uh, I'm trying to think of an injury where you could, I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't want to give a bad example. So if you've injured a part of your body and the rest of your body (laughs) works well and you feel comfortable and safe being able to say you injured your lower body and you feel comfortable and safe being able to like sit and do some upper body exercises and that feels good for you, then I say, you know, go for it as long as that's within your doctor's guidelines, right? Because if you've injured yourself and you've seen a doctor for it, especially, um, or physical therapist or whoever you're seeing, right, they will have advice for you. Um, if you aren't haven't seen anyone, then just 
it's listen. It's about listening to your body first and foremost, right? It's always listening to your body first and foremost, but listen to what your doctor says, of course, and just take it slow. If it feels good to do that, then do it. But if it doesn't, just like we were saying, it's okay to take time off, right? You're not going to lose all of your strength overnight or in a couple days or even in a couple weeks or a couple months. It might feel like that coming back into it, but the more you allow yourself that time to recover, the easier it will be to ease back in and to regain that strength that you had before than if you jump into it too fast and end up re-injuring yourself. So even if you get excited to jump back into it, even if your doctor gives you the go to jump back into something, I think ultimately it's about taking it slow and like we've said a million times, but it's so important, listen to your body. Like really pay attention to how you feel, really pay attention to even that little, those little hints, you know, sometimes for me, whenever I've tweaked, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've run marathons, right? So I've tweaked things and had to take a week or a couple weeks off, right? Um, thankfully, no major injuries or anything since, um, you know, I, I dealt with my chronic fatigue. But even if I tweak something a little bit here and there and I try to go out for that, you know, I'm just going to go out for an easy run. The minute I start to feel a little twinge, I'm like, okay, I got to back off. And it's hard to do that, especially if you're passionate about what you're doing, especially if you're excited to get back into it. You know, maybe you've been out of your bar class and it's something that you do with your girlfriends and you go, you know, once a week to this fun bar class. And I actually used to do that when we used to live closer to the bar studio. And it was really Mm. sad to not be able to go and do that. But you're not going to be able to do that even longer (laughs) if you end up going and then hurting yourself. So I think ultimately it's, you know, obviously listen. And this also, um, this also goes for postpartum too, because even though postpartum is not an injury, (laughs) postpartum is also a huge stress that your body just went through. So whatever type of birth experience you had, same thing goes, take it slowly. If something feels weird, just back off. It's okay you're going to get back into it and you're more likely to get back into it and come back stronger if you give yourself that time. So that was my soapbox. I'm off of it. <laughs> it's postpartum is definitely a recovery phase hundred yeah. percent. And it's interesting going into it, knowing my experience last time, like the second time around. Um, but when I was thinking about this question, I was also thinking about myself in this next phase, the fourth trimester, as they call it, of, re- of recovery for your body. But my answer is going to echo yours, Chris, um, is that there's no, there isn't a hurry, I guess, is what I'm, I want to say. And shift your focus from one of a short-term goal to having to working on the goal of lifelong health and well-being rather than um, what's just at hand right now, because we, we all have our whole lives ahead of us. And I don't know, I know that many of you will agree with me on this, that we want to move our bodies and feel really good for the rest of our lives. So although it may feel like this injury or this recovery period is really slow and really challenging, it's just a little blip in the overall timeline of our lives. And it is something that you can work through. So I'm going to tell myself that for the postpartum recovery phase as well, because it it is challenging mentally as well as physically. Um, And definitely listening to the medical professionals that are there to help you in your recovery and injury. Um, Your doctor, in my personal experience, working with a PT or an OT can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like you have a good fit for a PT or OT, um, that's not maybe aligning with your values, or you're not feeling like it's a good connection. It's totally okay to find a different medical professional that may be able to help you a little bit better. Um, I cannot stress that enough. (laughs) And then I think another really important, um, mindset piece to recovery and injury is thinking about celebrating the small stuff. Cause in a way you may be starting from square one again and like getting to work through the steps that maybe you didn't appreciate the first time around seeing it as an opportunity for, for you to witness your growth and changes. Um, for me last time postpartum, since this is the most recent recovery phase that I've gone through, like I remember, 
when I was able to run again without Mm. feeling any pain. And that was like a big step for me. So, um, and, and the, all of the times that in the exercises that I was able to complete up to that point were also like exciting. And I did try to celebrate them. So if you are in the recovery phase, just giving yourself permission to celebrate the small wins, the small stuff and, um, not take anything for granted. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> mm, oh, I love that. I love that piece of advice. And that actually reminded me of my last postpartum experience too, because I felt very similar, um, in the needing to celebrate this, this small stuff, because I very early on, I had this whole idea in my head that during my second pregnancy, that I was going to be way more active just because I was more active beforehand than my first pregnancy. Uh, and I ended up being, I I was active throughout my pregnancy for sure, but I thought I was going to be able to run through my pregnancy. And I was like, Oh, you know, I've been running more. And so I'm stronger. And I think I made it maybe, maybe 12 weeks. I don't even think I made Mm. it that far. And my pelvis just (laughs) didn't feel good. Well, I mean, I, I, it did not feel good after, after that. I think I made it like 12 weeks. Well, I think I took probably like the first, like the time where I had like really crazy morning sickness that mm-hmm. I did not, I did not do any movement at all during then. It was just, that was a time of rest. And during that part of my pregnancy. And then I remember getting into it again. So probably, probably, I think it was probably around like eight weeks or so. So I only really had a few yeah. weeks of running, feeling good. I don't know. It was like eight or nine weeks. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Now it feels like it was four years ago, um, almost five, I guess. But then very quickly, my pelvis just did not feel good. And it was mm-hmm. like, I was so disappointed because I was like, oh, I thought I'd be able to get into it. And then I, you know, I tried a couple of times more and I was like, my body was like, nope, nope, this is not happening right now. Yeah. And so I gave it up. I moved in different ways during my pregnancy. And afterwards, I remember just that slowly getting to the point of walking again and going for walks around the neighborhood. And then that first run going outside and being like, I can run pain free. It felt so good good. And so I, yeah, it really is because your body has done something incredible. (laughs) So every, Mm -hmm. yeah, every step, right. So every step after that, celebrating every step. I love that. So our last question that we have, um, and I will admit that I don't exactly know what the uh, listener was specifically referring to, but we're going to kind of like assume what the listener is referring to when they asked for eating tips around exercise. So my assumption was kind of, you know, what to eat before and after exercise. Um, mm-hmm. So do you want to take it away with some of your advice for kind of eating or fueling around exercise? Yeah, um, I I interpreted the question similarly. Um, and I think that we could have a whole entire podcast itself on this yes. <laughs> topic. So it's hard to fit into a brief answer, but I'm just going to mention the first things that came to mind and the first things I always remind myself and my clients when I'm working with them. And for me, it's that the idea of eating enough and being mm. able to observe your body and listen to what it needs. So exercise is stress on the body. Our muscles are being broken down and then we need to repair them or they're so many tiny cellular, um, things that are happening to rebuild, gain strength and recover from our exercising habits. So nutrition is a huge component of this. And that's why they're so often married in topics and in questions, which is, this is a perfect example of, so it's really important to make sure you're eating enough, making Mm -hmm. sure you're not getting lightheaded or dizzy or feeling extra fatigued after workouts or even during your workouts. Um, and then because everyone is individual, which we've said a thousand times, but, um, my, one of my big tips would be to experiment with yourself. Yeah. And just as you experiment with the different types of exercises and how they make you feel in the different times of day, um, see what it is like to eat an apple with peanut butter before your spin class. And then the next time, see what it's like to maybe not eat that apple and then have a smoothie ready to go right after. Um, try different meal snack meal and snack types and just observe without judgment what your body how your body responds and feels in that way 
around exercise. So that way you can kind of get an idea of what your body truly needs, because just, um, me giving you advice about what to eat before, during, and after a workout right now probably won't, wouldn't be the most beneficial, but what would be beneficial is experimenting and learning your body yourself. (laughs) Um, and then just remember that everyone's needs are different. And I think it's great to get inspiration from others. So like talking to friends or listening to podcasts about what they like to eat or before, during, or after exercise um, for ideas, but don't taking that as like the Holy grail and taking everything with a grain of salt to know that it may or may not work for you. And that's okay. And it's awesome. And we're going to celebrate that it works for them. Um, (laughs) And I think that's what I'm, I'm going to keep it brief because I think I could go into a lot more, but um, what do you, what do you think? What are your eating tips around exercise? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, I think all of your advice was awesome because it is so individual. And um, so before we even get into this, this is like my actual original background is in sports nutrition. So I could literally talk about this for hours. So I'm also <laughs> going to try and keep it baseline because this is where I very much nerd out. Um, but something interesting, I actually happened to talk to my husband about this yesterday, just out of the blue, we were just kind of having a conversation and it had nothing to do with the fact that we were recording this podcast today. He had no idea what the topic was. I didn't actually tell him until just before when I was joking with him that he wasn't allowed to be on, even though this is his expertise. Um, I was talking to him about how I think that the most powerful thing that I have done to help my relationship with food is run a marathon. Not that I'm saying anyone needs to run a marathon to heal their relationship with food, <laughs> but that was my, this was my experience because it was very interesting to, so my first marathon I ran um, three years ago, I know, I guess three years ago now. Yeah. And it was. I can't believe you've done multiple. I'm so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a couple years in between, right? I guess it was. You know, it was four years ago because my daughter just turned four, and it was right around the time that she turned one um, that I ran that first marathon, and it was just such a powerful experience that first time around, and then even more so the second time around. um, Just understanding how deeply your body needs fuel to move. And remember, this is my background. This is literally what I went to school for. I got an exercise nutrition certification later on. Like I I know this from a textbook sense, right? From an educational sense, but actually being able to experience my body being out of fuel and needing more fuel and how similar to, um, I think when I was nursing, so anyone who's, who's ever nursed before um, breastfed, um, not nursing as in the career, but, but breastfeeding, Um, I, I was a little extra hungry when I was pregnant, kind of towards like probably more towards like the middle end of my pregnancy. I don't know about you, but at the very end of my pregnancy, I like didn't want to eat anything. I did, but it's just like, there was no more room in there right now. Yeah. It's like, like, I I get full so fast. Yes. It's like half an apple. Uh, I'm done, but yeah, there's just no more room. But when I was, when I was breastfeeding, I was like ravenous. My body just needed more because it was producing milk for my babies. And I felt like that very much during my marathon training. And it was a really, really interesting experience because for so many years, I felt like there was the perfect way to, that I was just searching for the perfect way to eat, the best way to eat around exercise before and after a workout. And then I was in this place where my body was like demanding extra fuel. Like it was hunger, like none other. And so it was a really, really interesting experience being able to sort of like practically understand that in a way that I never really had before. Um, And it is very much a loaded question because it is just like you said, so incredibly individual. And I completely agree that the best thing that you can do is experiment. That's what I've done in every phase of my own fitness journey, my own exercise journey, my marathon journeys. It's all about experimentation and what feels good. So I think one of the questions that um, I've gotten asked, actually, I got asked this question a ton when I was marathon training and I kind of decided to share my journey over on Instagram this time around. Um, People were curious. And so I kind of shared the number one question I would get is what do you eat before your runs or what do you eat before your workouts? And the answer is different for everyone. And it really has to do with, first of all, the type of exercise you're doing and 
how long you're exercising for um, and, and what feels good in your body, right? So if you are doing something that's not super intense or something that's really short, some people are okay waking up in the morning. Some, some people feel better waking up and going on a short run. When I say short, I'm talking like less than 30 minutes. Doing a short run, doing a, some yoga or something you know that's not super strenuous, some people do feel okay working out on an empty stomach, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people do need a little bit of fuel before they work out or else they don't feel good. And a really good indicator that you haven't fueled well enough um, before a workout or after a workout is if you feel super fatigued later on more so than you normally would after that workout, right? It's normal to be sore after a workout, but if you feel like super, super tired, super crazy, extra sore, either you might've worked out too you know, on a day, you know, if you, if you felt energized before and you weren't working out in a day that maybe you you might not have, maybe your body didn't want you to, um, fueling before is something that it it really does take a lot of experimentation. Cause I know that there are, especially as someone who struggled with digestive issues, there are a lot of foods that just don't feel great for me before a run and, you know, but they'd be fine before like a strength workout. And so ultimately it is about experimenting what feels good for you. It might be okay if to not have anything, if that feels good for you, if, and only if that feels good for you and you feel like maybe queasy and it's going to be short and not intense, but if it's going to be intense, if it's going to be longer than like 45 minutes, an hour, your body needs fuel. Like your body needs fuel. Food is fuel for our bodies. Ultimately, food is so much more than fuel for our bodies, but it is. And so just, you know, remember that it's okay. I know there's a lot out there. The reason I think I'm stressing this especially is because there's a lot out there on the internet now about how a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fasting and to each their own, right? Whatever works for you. But when it comes to working out, especially in the morning, sometimes our bodies need fuel. And so I think that's important. And then, yeah, experimenting about same thing with journaling around like what times of day feel good for you. Um, I think that also plays into eating around around movement too. So if you've had a meal within an hour or two before your workout, you might not need a snack before your workout. But if you haven't, you likely need a snack <laughs> before your workout so that you feel good throughout your workout. And then afterwards, afterwards is really important. And so I think from a nutritional standpoint, your body, like you said, you, you are breaking down your muscles, right? And so you need to rebuild them. And what our body needs to rebuild our muscles is protein. So we definitely need protein, but we also need carbohydrates, right? Because our body uses the glucose within our muscles as fuel when we're working out. So we deplete that and we need to replenish that. So after workouts, if you're going to have a meal soon after, then don't worry about it. Just make sure your meal has some carbs, make sure your meal has some proteins, not a big deal. It's just just make sure that you're eating afterwards. But if you're not going to have a meal soon, say you're working out like, um, I don't know, in the middle of the middle of the afternoon or something like that, and you're still a few hours from dinner, then have a snack after. I promise you, <laughs> you will feel better if you've refueled yourself just a little bit after, right? Um, and just as a side note, you don't need to work out for a certain amount of time or at a certain intensity to have that snack afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be Mm -hmm. hungry necessarily to have that snack afterwards either. Sometimes something that I found a lot um, during, I'm just using marathon training as an example, um, was that I wasn't always hungry after my long runs um, because sometimes because your body is in that place of stress for a while there. um, Yep sometimes I didn't feel really hungry. And so sometimes it was sort of like, okay, I'm just going to have a little something and then eat a big meal later, which is okay. But just that little something really does make a difference in your recovery. So I think ultimately experiment with what types of foods feel good for you. Experiment with how much you're eating before, how much you're eating after. It's all so, so individual, but just, you know, make sure that you are actually listening to you know, if it feels good to work out on an empty stomach or not, um, if it feels good. I know that I thought for a long time that I could just wake up and go for a run on an empty stomach and I was fine. Um, and then I started feeling before and it was like a world of difference. I felt a million times better, yeah. not just during, but after too, like my recovery was better. So, so definitely experiment mm-hmm. with it. Experiment with the type of foods, um, especially if you have digestive issues, especially if you're doing something that you're like jumping around um, and uh, and afterwards, just make sure you're eating. Just make sure you're refueling your body. Get those carbs, get that protein. Um, I went a little crazy in our notes and I'm giving you like exact ratios, but I don't. you don't need to count 
macros or anything like that. Just make sure you're getting those carbs and those protein um, and just make sure you're refueling. And with everything, just make sure that you are listening to your body. Um, and and I also just want to really quickly echo what you said about um you know, sometimes our body does need extra fuel when on days that we work out, if we're not working out every single day, which as we already mentioned, we should at least be having one rest day a week, right? At at least one rest day a week. Um, You deserve fuel every single day. Your body needs fuel every single day, whether or not you work out. But on the days that you work out, especially if you do something intense, like maybe you are, maybe you decide to do a hot yoga class and it's an hour long. You don't normally do that. And you're like, man, I'm like really hungry the rest of the day feel your body. It's asking for it. Mm -hmm. It needs it. I know it seems obvious, but it can be really easy to like talk ourselves out of it or be like, you know, I worked out and I'm going to, I know this is, this is the voice of the voice in my head in the past would say things to me like, when you worked out, you're going to undo everything you did in your workout by having extra Mm -hmm. snacks. You are not going to undo what you did in your workout, right? Movement is incredibly important for our health. Eating is also incredibly important for our health and refueling is what is going to help you to come back stronger. Right. So if you need extra fuel, if you are extra hungry, just listen to your body, have that extra snack. It'll be good for you. (laughs) Yes. I love all of that. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I loved it. And I think that this, this is a great topic to keep in mind. Like it's not something that you just think about once and then you have it figured out. Like it's an ongoing process. And I think it's important to, um, remind ourselves of often. And especially if there's a big change in your life, like an injury or, um, you're moving like a big life event or something else changes. Like if there's big stressor in your life, revisit these questions and conversations and know that it's okay to change and it's okay to be different than you were, like you said earlier in your past versions of yourself. So I thought this was, these were great questions. I'm so glad we were able to talk about them today. Um, And I can't wait to see what questions come up over the next three months. (laughs) And I'm really excited to see what (laughs) guests you have. And I look forward to coming back and chatting more. This has been such, such a highlight of my, of my um, year last year. And I look forward to continuing with you. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. We are going to miss you. Um, we'll ask you for little updates. I'll try and update the community so they know how okay. you're doing. I'll, we'll, we'll Vox and whenever whenever you're feeling good after baby comes, let us know how you are and we'll give little updates. Um, I have some fun okay. guest Q&As coming up um, during your maternity leave, but we are definitely excited to have you back in a few months whenever you are ready, whenever you're feeling good. But um, I am just so honored to have you as my Q&A co-host. It's been so fun Aww. and um, we will definitely miss you, but we'll definitely, we'll all stay in touch with you. So everyone, if you don't follow Danielle over on Instagram, go follow her. (laughs) We will be waiting for cute baby pictures whenever you're allowed, whenever you're allowed, when you, whenever you are ready, whenever you are allowing them. What was I trying to say? I don't know. I think we all need to go to bed. It's time for bed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for, for taking, taking the time out of your evening. I know that you are in the very last stages of getting ready for maternity leave. So we all appreciate you. Yeah, no, this is great. And it's, it's nice to have um, something other than just baby on my mind for a little (laughs) bit and like, really think about myself and really think about my own health as well when I'm answering these questions. So it was a pleasure. And I'm excited to share pictures too. I, you know, it's like one of, I'm really excited to like share names and pictures and all that stuff. So yeah. (laughs) Oh, we can't wait. Oh, well, friends, thank you so much again for listening to our Q and a, this was a really fun one. I know this is close to both of our hearts. So we hope you guys loved this conversation as much as we did. And we will catch you in our next Q and a episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. 
And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.